God God is the one who like brings your babies forth and he like he's the one who makes them he's the one who brings them into the world and he knows and has a plan for like the exact way that they are going to come into the world and um yeah that like all stories can be redeemed and um birth is not excluded from that hi i'm danielle welcome to the birth journeys podcast it is my belief that our birth journey has a lasting impact that goes far beyond delivery. It is my hope that through these stories, you would find the insight, tools, and the courage to go on and have your own positive and empowering birth journey. Just as a reminder, any information you hear on this podcast is meant to inform and encourage you on your birth journey and not intended to replace advice from your medical professional. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Birth Journeys podcast. Today we have Brenna on and she's going to be sharing her stories with us. Hey Brenna, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your stories. I can't wait to hear them. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, So why don't you start out by um, introducing yourself? Yeah, so my name is Brenna Hogue. Um, I'm a wife and I'm a mom to two little girls. And then um, I also work very part-time right now as a postpartum doula. So I support moms in that postpartum phase after um, giving birth. Mm, Awesome. We need more mamas like you out there. (laughs) (laughs) That's a blessing. So where would you like to say that your um, birth journey begins? What does that look like for you? Yeah, so I would say that my birth journey began um, with my first daughter when I got pregnant with her. Um, so that was, uh, let's see, almost four years ago now, I guess, um, or three and a half years. I got pregnant with her in my final trimester, of, or my final trimester, my final semester of college. <laughs> <laughs> my birth on the brain. Birth on um, the brain, yeah. <laughs> my final semester of college, I got pregnant with her. Um, it took us about five months to get pregnant, but we were trying to get pregnant. And um, so, yeah, I had her like just a few months after graduating and at that time I didn't know like a ton about birth I hadn't really thought too much about pregnancy or birth honestly um even though we were trying but um I think the whole thing was kind of like a learning experience with my with my first pregnancy and birth Mm, yeah I think that's pretty normal. Yeah. I think we focus so much on like actually wanting to have a baby. Right. <laughs> when it actually happens, it's like, what do I do okay, now? You know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so what kind of care did you choose for your pregnancy? So I lived in Virginia at the time and I was just seeing an OB. I actually looked for um, like a birthing center where I could see midwives, um, but I did not find anything in my area. So I ended up just seeing um, like a regular OB and I moved uh, around 25 or 26 weeks I think I was to Florida and when we moved here I ended up switching over my care to seeing midwives which uh, at a birth center um, and I intended to deliver there as well I actually think like I loved my care with the midwives but I I really enjoyed my care with the OB that I was seeing as well in Virginia. So I think that mm. like throughout um, my pregnancy, um, I had pretty good prenatal care. Yeah, that's good. Um, so how far along were, or let's go with your pregnancy. How was your actual pregnancy? Did you have any um, 
like morning sickness or any issues that came up? Um, yeah, so I was, I mean, my pregnancy was very healthy. Like I'm not going to complain. It wasn't like no serious issues, but, um, I was like very, very sick in the first trimester. Um, so I was like Mm. working at a gym at the time. Um, I remember, and I was still like going to school. So I remember like throwing up in between every client that I had. (laughs) Um, Uh. But yeah, after like around week 14 or 15, that kind of dissipated. And then I would say like the rest of the pregnancy was like pretty smooth. Mm, That's good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so how far along were you when you went into labor? So I, that look like, yeah, I ended up, um, like I said, I intended to deliver at the birth center. I really wanted to go for a natural delivery. Um, around 34 weeks, I think, I found out that she was still breech. And um, I did, like, everything that I could to have her flip. I just, like, knew in my head, like, she's definitely not going to. And so mm-hmm. around, I think it was 38 weeks, I ended up um, scheduling a cesarean for 39 weeks exactly so Mm. um I never went into labor with her and I ended up yeah just going in for um a cesarean at 39 weeks so was that um did they present that as like you have no other option but to go for a cesarean or would they have been supportive of a breech delivery but you just chose to go with Um, yeah they would not have done a breech delivery at that birth center and at the time like I mean knowing the things that I know now I probably would have looked around a little bit more to see you know what my options were if I could do like a home birth with a midwife who was experienced in breech delivery or um they didn't really present me with too many choices I guess um Mm they told me like there was maybe one other option but they were like most people don't take it it was like some doctor that they they said like most women meet with him and they think that he has terrible bedside manner. And so they don't end up going with him. So I was like, okay, well I'm just like, you know, I didn't know much at the time. I'm like, I'm just not even going to bother with it. I'll just like schedule the C-section and it'll be fine. And, um, and it really was fine. Like it, like I didn't have like any huge issues, um, like our adverse outcomes as a result of it, but I definitely like did not want that to be (laughs) the outcome. Um, like I said, I was hoping for a natural delivery. So it was kind of like the exact opposite of what I was hoping for. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, she was, yeah, she was born like, like I said, a week before her due date and, um, everything went pretty smoothly, I guess on my end. Um, like I didn't have any complications medically. Um, I do remember it being like a little bit weird and kind of surreal because you're like you didn't go into labor at all so all of a sudden you're just like I'm gonna have a baby in like three minutes (laughs) and it kind of freaks me out a little bit um (laughs) yeah I remember when Mm. she was born I did like ask for like as gentle of a cesarean as they could give me so um again I still didn't know too much but I was able to have like the drape pulled down and so they had like the clear like plastic thing in front so I I did see her like coming out which was cool and um Mm. they put her on my chest almost immediately they did take her and weigh her and stuff really quick it was probably like two minutes um which I again I wish like she came immediately to me but 
you know, you only know what you know at the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it was kind of weird. Like I, the, my first like memory of her being born as I like looked over and I saw her being weighed and my husband was over there and he um, was the one who cut the cord. And I just remember feeling like, okay, this is so weird. Like I should be feeling something more than I'm feeling. Like I just had a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. But as soon as they put her on my chest, I did like, I had that, like, I don't know, kind of like moment that you would expect to have once you have the baby. But it was like very weird. Cause there was just like that two minute time period where she wasn't with me that I was like, what the heck? Like I couldn't feel anything of course. So yeah. it was just really kind of a weird, um, like a surreal type of thing. But yeah, like I said, I felt I do feel like we bonded like pretty quickly after she was put on my chest and um yeah, so she like everything was fine for like the first um the first day and um of course they don't let you co-sleep in the hospital, which I was like I'm definitely not separating from her. So my husband and I were yeah. up like all night just switching back and forth. <laughs> um yeah. I was like, yeah, just I refuse to like put her down basically (laughs) you're like so nervous especially as a first-time mom but um yeah yeah. and then the next morning they came in to check her and um she ended up having to go to the NICU um she had had through like the cesarean she ended up aspirating on fluid and um I forget what it's called when they like have she had a collapsed lung pneumothorax I think it is Um, and so, yeah, she ended up in the NICU for about a week because of that. Um, definitely could have been a lot worse, but like, because of that, like our breastfeeding, um, journey was like a little bit wonky to start. And, um, yeah, just like given all of these factors, I just like knew that I wanted like a different experience next time. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, Yeah. So I'm going to go back just for a second. Yeah. When you, I know you said you tried a bunch of things to flip her, um, like when you knew she was breached, did yeah. you try having an ECV or was that not something you tried? Yeah. So I looked into that a little bit and I went in for a consultation for it. Um, going in, I was kind of like, I knew that the risk of something really bad happening was like pretty low, but I was still like, mm-hmm. well, still is like that little percent chance that yeah you know something happens and um but I when I went in for the consultation the doctor came in and he kind of like pressed on my stomach a little bit and tried to like move her around um and he was like yeah she's like so tight in there like she's not gonna turn like his he was like pretty (laughs) confident when he came in and then after touching my stomach he was like yeah I'm like not confident that I could even flip her so um yeah at that point I was like yeah I'm definitely not gonna even bother trying (laughs) yeah no that makes sense yeah definitely don't want to do something that you're not comfortable (laughs) with right yeah and especially if the doctor too was like "Eh, no (laughs) yeah (laughs) goodness. yeah it was pretty painful too even just like with him like barely doing any movement so I was like Oh yeah, I don't think that I want to try this. Yeah, I think I've heard that they can be pretty painful, but I yeah. think some people get like an epidural when oh, they really? um, have it done. Yeah, okay, I think a lot of times they'll like place an epidural and then do it, and the Just epidural in case is kind they go of, into labor right away. Too. Yeah, both. I think it's both that, and then also like if there was a complication from the ECV, then right. you're pretty much like okay, you can go have like a C-section right C-section. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do remember I've him saying that, that, but there was like a small chance that I'd like 
have yeah. to go into labor or like have to have an emergency C-section, which I was like, not really yeah, up for that. Yeah. So there are <laughs> risks, but I know some women have them done and some are successful and yeah. some are, but um, yeah. yeah. So how is your, um, recovery then from, you know, the C-section and then having your baby in the NICU Yeah. You know, like once you got home and everything, how is that? Um, so my recovery was actually like really easy. Um, especially comparatively to my second birth, but yeah, it was like, I know some women have like horrible C-section recoveries. Mine was like really, really easy. Like I was walking the next day and I, I did work out through my entire pregnancy and I kind of attribute it to that. Um, I feel like I was in pretty good physical shape going into it. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't really have any complaints with my recovery, (laughs) which is nice. I mean, of course, obviously you had like major abdominal surgery. You're not going to be able to like lift things and walk around as well for a while, but like, it wasn't like, it wasn't too bad. Mm, That's good. So what about mentally? Did you feel like because it was a planned thing, did you feel like you were pretty good or did you feel, I know you said that like it wasn't how you wanted it to go, but did you have any of that like birth grief, like, like type of, like, I know when I had my cesarean, like I kind of, I didn't know at the time that this, what it was, what it was, but Mm -hmm. like, I actually like grieved not having the birth that I had envisioned, even though... Like, did you have the feel with any of that or? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, like you said, at the time I didn't really realize what it was and I had horrible, um, postpartum anxiety up until I'd mm. say like nine or 10 months postpartum. And I don't know like how much that played into it. I think a little bit was just like, you know, you're a first time mom and you're adjusting to like all these new like changes. It's like, it really like flips your world upside down. So I'm sure it was like a combination of factors, but, um, I definitely was like even a little bit bitter for a while. Like I felt mm. like I had kind of like done as much research, I guess, and like plans, you know, for a natural birth. And I would always be like kind of angry. <laughs> like when I heard of women who just like accidentally had a natural birth, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, mm. I'm not like that anymore, but yeah, I definitely like had to grieve the loss of like the birth that I had really hoped to have and had plans to have um and yeah that probably did play into some of that postpartum anxiety mm-hmm. yeah I'm sure definitely so do you have anything else from that um birth you want to share or do you want to move on to your next um, pregnancy yeah not that I can think of we can move on if you want <laughs> okay yeah so how long after your first baby did you um start trying I guess for the next one yeah so if it was an accident <laughs> what did that look like <laughs> we actually, a surprise I should say we yeah. started trying around actually when well I wouldn't say we started trying we started being like careless <laughs> around like 10, <laughs> 10 months postpartum um mm. and I think it was actually no maybe it was around like nine months postpartum that we because I remember it taking like a couple months and then um we ended up getting pregnant, I think, like a little before her first birthday. Um, and I ended up having a miscarriage um, with that baby. Mm-hmm. And it was very early on. Um, I was only about like six and a half weeks. And I I remember having like no symptoms. Um, I wasn't mm-hmm. like, I had no morning sickness. And because I had been so sick with um, my first daughter, I was like, something's like weird here. 
I like, I actually remember telling my friends, like, I know that I'm going to miscarry this baby. Um, and so, yeah, I ended up having a miscarriage around six and a half weeks and like my period ended up coming back pretty quickly. And we like, I think I waited maybe a month and then we tried again and got pregnant like the first try, which I was like really thankful for because I know that's kind of uncommon. And like so many women have to, you know, go through like months and months and months of waiting. Um, but yeah, we ended up getting pregnant with our first try and, um, I started getting like super sick again. So I was like, okay, I think like, I think we're kind of like in the clear, um, mm. kind of like the same symptoms, um, as the first time my pregnancy was like very similar. Um, so it was another girl and, um, I think her pregnancy actually might have been a little better. Like I, even up until like the very end, I was feeling pretty good. And I think with my first, I (laughs) was like pretty, I don't know, like just sore and like that type of thing. Um, I felt pretty good, like up until almost the very end. Um, I ended up seeing a midwife for, um, all my prenatal care this time. And, um, so I just, saw her in her home and it was great. Like I loved that. It felt super like low key and just like, um, not medical at all, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, had a really like healthy pregnancy and, um, I was planning for a home birth, um, with her, my, well, so in Florida, you are not able to deliver in a birth center, um, if you've had a, a cesarean. So oh, well, yeah, I know it is kind of weird. Like even if you're a good candidate for it, like it doesn't really matter. There's just like a straight across the board rule. Like you can't deliver in a birth center. So home birth was kind of my only option. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> that's it's opposite here in South Carolina. Really? Um, home birth. Yeah. Like home birth isn't technically illegal, but it's mm-hmm. like a lot of midwives are like, we'll do it. it's like frowned upon because okay. they, yeah, there's so much like red tape and regulation that they just kind of, they don't want to, you have to like it. find a midwife. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, you can do VBAC in birth centers here. So okay. that's so interesting yeah, that that's it's cool. like opposite. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just like, mm. I mean, in, in homes, like they can't, like the state can't regulate that obviously. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, and there are a lot of midwives though that won't, um, do VBAC home births unless you've like had a successful VBAC already. So you do kind of have to like search around oh, for yeah. a midwife who will do that. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I forgot where I was even going with that. Um, um I'm going to ask real quickly. Okay, yeah, um, <laughs> so h- how did you find, how did you find your midwife? If you said that, like, did you have yeah. to like talk to a lot of midwives before you found one that would support a home birth VBAC? Um, a little bit. So I had found a midwife, um, when I had gotten pregnant before and had miscarried and she was willing to do, um, a VBAC at that point. When I reached back out to her, she had like just stopped doing VBAC home births. <laughs> so oh. I was like, no. And I, oh, it was yeah. funny cause I recommended her to my sister who had gotten pregnant, like literally around the exact same time like if I hadn't miscarried we probably would have had our babies like within a week or two of each other um Mm. and so she ended up using her and she had an awesome home birth and um so that was really cool but anyway I ended up contacting um 
well, one of my church friends, I think it was, told me about a doula in the area. And she was like, you should reach out to her if you're looking for a doula. So I did. She ended up being my doula. And she kind of gave me a list of like all these different midwives in the area that might um, be willing to do a VBAC home birth. So I ended up contacting a couple. Um, It was kind of hard not to find one, but to find one who was available to do it because like there was, I mean, there still is so many more women birthing at home now, like as opposed to pre COVID. Um, I think Mm. that that really like started to like bring birth home, which is really cool. Um, Yeah. But yeah, like a lot of (laughs) the midwives were like super busy and um, I was like seven weeks pregnant, I think, when I started like calling people, and a lot of them were like, "Oh, yeah, we're already booked for that month." I was like, "How?" Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I'm like, I feel like people are like putting their names in before they even get pregnant. <laughs> it's so funny. not fair. I know. Oh man! Uh, like remind That's me funny. to reserve. So this how? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how was um, comparing your um, prenatal care? to the midwives in the birth center versus a home birth midwife. Did yeah. you notice any differences or was it yeah, kind of similar? Yeah, for sure. I think that, like, I mean, I, I really liked my care in both um, environments, but I I did like mm-hmm. the fact that, like, um, with the midwife who worked out of her home, like, it was much less, like, medicalized. It was not, like, you know, like a sterile atmosphere, I guess. So that was kind of mm-hmm. nice. But, Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I always am interested in like the differences between hospital midwives and birth center midwives and yeah. home birth midwives, and and even like there's differences between like licensed home birth midwives and like traditional midwives. Yeah. <laughs> so there's yeah. so many options out there for for care. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so okay, so back on track. Um, <laughs> so you did your prenatal care with her, and then mm-hmm. um, how was the end of your pregnancy leading up to? Yeah. So, um, I ended up being two weeks overdue, which was like (laughs) probably like the worst two weeks of my life. Just like Mm. not mentally like (laughs) in a good place at all. I was like, I knew that I would be late because I was like, this is my first vaginal birth. And my sister, um, was eight days late with her first vaginal birth and then nine days late with her next. So, um, I knew that that was kind of like genetics plays into that so much. So I, I assumed I would be like at least a week late. Um, but then like, I think every day after a week late, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to be the only woman in history who just doesn't go into labor. (laughs) Like this baby's (laughs) just never going to come out of me. Um, so anyways, I ended up finally going into labor at two weeks, like overdue, I guess. Like, I hate to say that because, you know, I don't think that due dates really matter, but yeah, exactly. Um, and I delivered at 42 and one. So, um, yeah, (laughs) I went into labor with her and I guess I can go into my birth story with her if you want. Um, I labored at home, obviously. Um, I, I started having contractions around like, I think it was like one or 2 PM. And I was like, okay, I've kind of been having like these practice contractions for about a week now. So I was like trying to not really focus on it. Um, and 
then they like we ended up going to my mom's pool actually (laughs) um and then they started coming like a little bit closer together and they were like getting a lot stronger and so um we ended up coming home um ate dinner my husband ended up putting my daughter to bed around like seven um and at that point they were coming like pretty strong um, and very close together. Like they all of a sudden started coming like a minute and a half apart. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> I was not prepared for that. I was like planning on having, you know, like a really long labor. Um, and so I ended up calling my midwife and my doula and they came over as soon as they got there, my contractions started slowing down again. <laughs> so they were about four mm-hmm. minutes apart. And, um, my doula ended up, she was, they like, charge if you go over 12 hours you know so she was like do you want me to stay or do you want me to come back and so at that point I was doing fine um so she ended up leaving for a little bit um and I labored most of the time like either in the shower or I went for a walk um probably around like 9 or 10 p.m um we live right across the street from our church so it was kind of funny. Like we ended up running into one of the pastors while we were out there and I was like literally on the floor. <laughs> like, having a contraction. It was so funny. I'm like, what are you doing here at 9 PM? <laughs> uh, uh, but that walk was like, it, it like really sped things up, I think. And it, um, it was kind of nice. Like I feel like walking through the contraction, like at first I was like stopping every time I'd have one, but if I started walking through the contraction, it actually felt like so much better. Like I found a lot of relief that way. Um, Mm -hmm. when I came back, I got back in the shower. Um, and then I just like laid down in bed cause I thought like, okay, this is going to be like a lot longer. Um, and I was, I was, experiencing like a lot of pain and um like felt like my contractions were actually pretty close like I had very little rest but I just was convinced that like that was gonna happen for a very long time like I said it's like first vaginal birth so you're like thinking you know it's gonna take a while um (laughs) and my midwife came in and checked me and I think I was like six or seven centimeters at that point Um, so I was like, okay, that's way further than I thought. Like I felt really encouraged. I thought that I was probably at like four centimeters and I was just being a baby. (laughs) So, um, then I kind of just spent the rest of the time in bed and it was like, actually like a really awesome labor. I, I was able to just kind of like mentally just go to like another place. (laughs) And, um, like my husband was in bed with me. My midwife wasn't even in the room most of the time. So it was just us in there and it was dark and it was like a super calm environment. And, um, I had like a playlist going and, um, I was able to sleep in between contractions a little bit and just for like a minute or two at a time. Um, and then I'd like wake up, have the contraction. I would kind of like, um, something that really helped me through, um, the pain was (laughs) I like read in Ina Mae's, um, guide to childbirth that if you make deep um vocal noises then like Mm -hmm. you know the the open sphincter um will open like and release other sphincters so 
Um, mm-hmm. That helped me so much. I remember singing the doxology <laughs> through like every contraction. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. <laughs> it was like just the deepest like song I could think of for some reason. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's that. funny. Um, but yeah, I was able to like pretty easily make it through that. And then it was like towards the end I was like okay I wasn't like falling asleep anymore I think I was like in transition at that point I was like I have basically no rest time and it was like really painful but I still felt like very peaceful um and my midwife came back in and she was like do you want me to check you and I was like yeah sure I feel like I'm getting pretty close like I just want to know like where I'm at and she was like you're probably like nine and a half centimeters right now so I was like cool like I just was like so encouraged because I was like okay this is awesome like I feel like I have tons of energy still like I I don't feel like that labor was that hard like I could easily push for like two hours and like be totally fine like I felt like I had plenty of energy for that and so I um ended up getting into the tub like probably 20 minutes later um And once I got in the tub, like, my contractions really started to slow down. And so I was like, okay, I don't know, like, why? But I I just labored in there for a little bit longer. Um, My doula ended up coming back. I texted her, and I was like, I'm nine and a half centimeters. She was like, holy crap. (laughs) Like, she was not expecting that. (laughs) And so she ended up getting there, like, right around when my contractions started slowing back down. Um, And then I got out of the tub. I labored on the toilet for a little bit. Like, my contractions still weren't really picking up. I tried, like, multiple um, different positions. I still had the urge to push, but I was, like, not making progress, like, with every push um, because there was so much space in between each contraction. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, she'd come down, but then she'd come back up. And um, that went on for such a long time. It was, I like while it was going on, I just don't even remember like how much time was elapsing. Like it all just felt like it was like blurring together, but I just like remember it started getting light outside. And I was like, I got in this tub around midnight. (laughs) So I was like, Mm -hmm. I have been pushing for a really long time. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, at that point I, um, ended up having to, my midwife was like, I need to call, um, an ambulance cause you're going to have to transfer. And so, um, I was fine with that at that point. I just felt like so exhausted and like, I really felt like something has to be wrong. Like I've been pushing for so long and I'm not making any progress and I don't know like why my contractions are slowing down and, um, like nothing like seemed to speed them up, like no change in position or anything. And, um, looking back, like I wish I had like used some herbs or like tried something else, but like when you're in the moment, you're like not thinking about that. But, um, Mm -hmm. anyway, so I ended up transferring to the hospital after pushing for like probably five or six hours. Um, yeah, (laughs) it was intense. Um, and then my husband couldn't come in the ambulance with me, um, because of COVID restrictions. Um, And so he met me there while I was in the ambulance, my contractions like really started picking up and they could see her head for like, you know, like a couple hours. They were like, wow, she has so much hair. And 
I, my midwife ended up breaking my water before I went to the hospital too. So she was like, oh, she's probably going to come any minute. And <laughs> it still just ended up being so long. So at this point I was like so discouraged. Um, and the EMTs were like, let us know if you are going to push this baby out. Like she looks like she's going to come out any minute. <laughs> I was like, okay, she's mm-hmm. been there for like three hours. It's fine. Like she's not going to come <laughs> out. Um, <laughs> and they just kept checking. Like they were so concerned cause she was so low. And, um, so once I got to the hospital, I was like begging for a cesarean. I was like, please just give it to me. Like my midwife assumed that that's what was going to have to happen once I got to the hospital. Um, but when I got there, surprisingly, they were like, no, she's so low. Like, you can definitely birth this baby vaginally. Oh. <laughs> I know. And they knew that I was, like, I had had a um, a C-section before. So I was, like, kind of shocked because that's, like, not something that you expect to hear at the hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're, like, advocating yeah. for a C-section. And they're like, no, you can do it vaginally. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> oh, come <that's> on. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they were like, actually, you can't even have a C-section because um, – something to do with COVID. Like you need to get all these labs done and it's going to take like an hour. It's backed up because of COVID stuff. So I was like, I cannot wait an hour to have this baby. Like I need to get her out of me. I feel like I'm going to die at this point. And so, um, this, um, doctor ended up coming in and she was like, she was, um, Russian and she was very intense. Like, which is so funny because it's, it was like exactly what I needed. Although most people would be like, okay, that's horrible bedside manner. I can't believe she acted that way, but I like needed her intensity. Mm. (laughs) She came in and she was like, how about I just deliver her with forceps? And I was like, no, like I cannot do that. And I just was, you know, had not even ever given thought to that. Like that was just the last way Mm. I thought that I would give birth. Um, I was like, please do not do that. I I asked her like, what's, what's it going to be like? She's like, well, it will, she'll come out in like one minute. Like, it's going to be painful, but, like, you can just endure one moment of pain and then she'll be here. I was like, how about you just start doing it? And, like, if it's really painful, I'm just going to tell you to stop. And she's like, how about you just endure it? (laughs) I'm like, okay. (laughs) I know. It was, like, insane. But, like I said, I needed that. And so she ended up delivering her without giving too much detail. She ended up delivering her with forceps. I had, like... A, a bunch of people like holding like nurses surrounding me holding my legs up at this point my husband had just gotten there and so um he was like I mean they kind of had to like hold me down because it, it was like so painful um mm. and I gave like the tiniest little push I was screaming they were like stop she's like stop screaming and push I remember her literally saying what's wrong with you oh my <laughs> I was like oh my gosh <laughs> Uh, it was so funny but I mean it wasn't funny it was funny after the fact um at the time I was like what do you think is wrong with me you're like trying to tear this baby out of me um but (laughs) yeah I gave like the teeniest little push and then she she was delivered and they put her right on my chest and um they just like let me kind of like chill with her for a second and um they asked me if I wanted to have her weighed and measured like at this point I was just like I cannot believe what just happened. Like it was again, like kind of a surreal moment and like almost blackout level pain. So it just took me a minute to like come to (laughs) and realize like, okay, she's here. And, um, like I did let them take her, um, to be weighed and measured because I was like, I felt like I just like couldn't even breathe. Like I needed a minute to catch my breath. I was like, Mm -hmm. I probably shouldn't even be holding a baby right now. (laughs) 
Um, so after a couple minutes, I let them take her and weigh her and stuff. Um, and she ended up being almost 10 pounds, which was insane. Oh, wow. Um, my first baby was seven pounds. So I was oh, like shocked when they told me, um, yeah. And then they ended up bringing her back. I, was able to latch her and um they like stitched me up and the nurses were great and um I mean like the whole first day was kind of like this like whirlwind because I was like so exhausted and just like my husband and I were both like I cannot believe like what just happened (laughs) it was Mm. kind of crazy but yeah that's I don't know. I I guess I do want to say, like, I don't want to tell this story to, like, freak people out or have people think, you know, that home birth is dangerous or um, that, you know, you shouldn't try it after listening to this. Like, I would never tell this story to, like, instill fear in somebody. And, Mm -hmm. like, your birth story is not my birth story. And I still advocate for home birth. Like, I think it's a, I think it's a great option for most people. And, like, I can acknowledge that I'm, like, the very, very, very small minority of people that it didn't work mm-hmm. for. And, um, like, very pe- few people have to transfer and, like, even less people have to transfer in an emergency situation. I wouldn't even call that an emergency with me. It wasn't life-threatening. You know, yeah. I had plenty of time to get to the hospital. It wasn't life or death. Um, but, yeah, I I would still even try a home birth again if my husband would let me, but I think he's honestly more traumatized <laughs> by it than oh, I am. Yeah. But it's always hard for the husband. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you forget as a mom. Life. It's like, oh, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but they're like, no, it was. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. So how is the recovery from that? You said it was worse than your C-section, I can imagine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was really Uh, a hard recovery. Um, I ended up having third-degree tears, um, and it was, yeah, just a long recovery. I I probably overdid it a lot at the beginning, just, like, kind of expecting it to be a faster recovery, just because my first was that way. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so I think I overdid it a little bit and that probably set me back a lot, but I, I could not sit for probably four weeks, like without a little pool floaty underneath me. Um, Mm. so yeah, it was a super, super tough recovery as well. Um, which is one of the reasons that I decided to get into postpartum doula work because I just like realized the desperate need for it. I mean, I had like my husband and then my sister and my mom live close by and I needed their help like all the time. And so, um, especially where I already had one daughter, like I cannot imagine having lived away from family at that time. Um, even though like I have a supportive spouse, it's just like, you need so much help. (laughs) So, yeah. 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 So what about mentally from that whole ordeal? Did you, deal with you know yeah any kind of like birth trauma type stuff or what what did that look like for you so surprisingly like I didn't have the postpartum anxiety that I had the first time which I was so thankful for um Mm. but I do think that it took me a lot longer to bond with her because um it was just like so traumatizing and um she was like a very colicky baby too, which I do think probably had a lot to do with the way that she was born. 
Um, so it was hard for me to bond with her because of that a little bit. Um, I just felt like I couldn't do anything right. And, um, just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I felt a lot of guilt surrounding the way she was born too. Like if I had just done something differently, like maybe she wouldn't have had to like bear that trauma. But I think that, um, just kind of acknowledging that like we shared in that trauma, like she had the same experience that I did just like in a different way, but like we did it together and, um, like we're the only two people that like had that experience together. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that really helped me bond with her a lot. Um, yeah, but again, like I had to really like grieve the loss of another birth that I like really, really had planned and, um, like hoped to have. And, um, I think that this time, like, I mean, this, a similar thing happened with my first birth, you know, like just, I mean, totally different birth, but just like having to grieve the loss of the loss of a birth that you would hope to have. Um, I think that this birth really like forced me to address that for both of them. Like, Mm -hmm. um, And just realize, like, ultimately, like, my hope is not in my birth story or my birth stories. My hope is in the finished work of Christ. And, um, like, he is able to redeem and restore all things up to and including the way that my babies come into the world. And so um, I think that that really, like, just acknowledging that, like, really, um, like, healed that like sorrow, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. but again, like I do think it's perfectly normal and good to kind of like spend that time grieving the loss of the birth that you wanted. But I also don't think that you should be stuck there and kind of dwell on that. Um, I think it's good to just acknowledge that like God, God is the one who like brings your babies forth and he like, he's the one who makes them. He's the one who brings them into the world and he knows and has a plan for like the exact way that they are going to come into the world. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, that like all stories can be redeemed and, um, birth is not excluded from that. So. Yeah, totally. So did you, um, in your prenatal care, I'm just curious cause your baby was, you know, so much bigger, especially yeah. from your first one. I understand that, you know, your first <laughs> one was born at 39 weeks and this one was 42. Yeah. So obviously that plays a part in it, but did you have like, did you do testing for gestational diabetes or anything like that? Did I did? Yeah. Um, and you, you did. Yeah. And you didn't have that. Nope. Yeah. No, nope. she was just a big girl. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but yeah, oh, she was wow. born yeah, three weeks after my first was born. So that probably played mm-hmm. a part, but yeah. And she's like oh, always yeah. been I'm big. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Some babies yeah. just can be bigger. <laughs> yep. I know. Crazy. Oh man. Cause me and my husband are both like not big people at all. So yeah, no, I was, was going to say, I know you're pretty petite. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> ah, so do you have anything else from that birth story that you want to share? Or I know you finished so beautifully with, you know, saying that all these, all stories can be redeemed and that's totally yeah. 100% true. I believe that. And that's such an encouraging statement. Yeah. <laughs> Cause sure. a lot of times, you know, when we deal with 
stuff like that. It's like, sometimes it just feels like uh, it can like, you know, it follows us. Our birth stories stay with us forever. You know, it's like you talk to any mom and she can, no matter how old she is, she can Mm -hmm. remember her birth stories. And, um, yeah, I love that. Yeah. You know, when we can acknowledge that, that there can be that healing and that redemption and, and yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean you need to like have another quote unquote better birth mm-hmm. in order to reach that healing or have that redemption. Right. That it can happen just within us, you know, mm-hmm. God can, can do that within us. And it doesn't necessarily mean like you need to go on to have, you know, a better birth next time or whatever. You know? Yeah, for sure. Oh. I think that, yeah, that, that it's just, that was yeah, like kind of true for me. Like I, with my second baby, I was like, I almost felt like I had something to prove because I couldn't have like the natural birth that I wanted with my first. Um, so I was, I don't know, honestly, it was kind of like a shot to my pride a little bit. So like in that way, I'm grateful that God didn't allow me to have that. And like, just, I think I would have really, if I had, was able to have a successful home birth, I know that I would have been prideful about it. Like, and just felt mm-hmm. like, you know, like I did that rather than giving the glory to God. And so um, like in some ways I'm, I'm grateful that he didn't like allow me to fall into that and give me the birth that I wanted. Um, but yeah, like you said, your birth stories definitely stay with you. And I think it's so important to do as much education as you can and, um, really like know what type of birth you want, um, and prepare for that well. But at the same time, I think it's also equally as important to hold that open-handedly and just like understand that like you can do everything that you can, but God is the one who's going to determine the outcome. Um, mm-hmm. And you just have to like trust him in that and be like satisfied with what he gives you. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So what about um, your breastfeeding? Were you able to nurse this baby? Like, yeah. Right off the bat or. Um, so with both, I had some issues, different issues but um with with my first I she just wouldn't latch and I think a lot of that had to do with um being in the NICU I wasn't able to breastfeed her right like Mm -hmm. I mean I breastfed her for the first day but she never really had a good latch and then after um being in the NICU she was given a bottle and a passy and all that stuff um I was able to give her breast milk through that time thankfully but um she just was never able to latch. I ended up using a nipple shield um, until 13 months. I nursed her through 13 months and used a nipple shield the whole time. Um, and then with my second, I um, she she latched, but it was an incredibly painful latch. I met with several lactation um, consultants and professionals and was never really able to get it resolved. I um, ended up using a nipple shield with her up until three months. And then around that time, I was like, let me just see if she'll latch without it. And she did. And it was still painful. But at that point, you're not like breastfeeding as often. So I think that just like Mm -hmm. um, not having that constant stimulus on my nipple was like Mm -hmm. um, very helpful. So now she, I mean, ever since three months, and she's actually going to be a year in two days. So it's kind of fitting that I'm telling her story today. Yeah. But um, yeah, so she has been breastfeeding well. Um, 
ever since then. So we'll mm-hmm. see how long she lasts. I think she's definitely going to go longer than her sister. <laughs> she's very much more attached <laughs> than my first was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, do you do you have anything else from those experiences that you want to share, or do you want to go into talking a little bit about um, just kind of where you are now as far as your um, your calling into being yeah. a postpartum doula? Yeah, we can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I'd love um, to hear. Um, I know you said your recovery was mm-hmm. what kind of um, spurred you on to to look into that. So I'd love yeah. to kind of hear a little bit about that journey. Yeah, so I had actually never even heard of a postpartum doula. Like I was familiar with birth doulas, of course, but um, I remember my doula after she came and did like a home visit Um to debrief my birth like a week after my second baby was born. And, um, I remember her saying, because like she could tell obviously that I was, you know, struggling. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and I remember her saying, Oh, like I can, she runs an agency. She was like, I can get you like a postpartum doula if you want. Um, and I was like, that's like such an uppity, like, you know, type of thing. <laughs> like I'm not rich. <laughs> Um, so I was like, I can't do that. That's like silly. I just felt like that was so like high maintenance almost. (laughs) Um, Mm. and then I started looking into it a little bit more and I'm like, no, this is just something like really every mom should have, especially moms who Mm. don't have family support or even like partner support. Um, and so anyways, I started looking into it a little bit more and, um, took a virtual course, um, when, my daughter was about five months old and, um, it was just a six week course. It was pretty quick, but like it was six hours, um, once a week and learned a ton there. And I'd kind of like been doing my own self-study for a while on, on birth and postpartum, um, just ever since having my first daughter. Um, but yeah, so I started working as a postpartum doula, I guess like maybe five or six months ago now. Um, and I love doing it. It's like such rewarding work right now. I'm just doing it Mm. very part time because my, my girls are still really young and I want to be able to be primarily at home with them. Um, but I just really love being able to support other moms and, um, like with the intention of, like filling their cup so that they're able to serve their families better and just be more present with their kids and um, meet meet the needs of their family while their needs are also being met. Mm. Yeah, it's so needed. Yeah. <laughs> so I can imagine that it could be really rewarding work, yeah. especially having gone through, you know, r- hard recoveries ourselves and, yeah. you know, knowing how important that is. It's like, it just makes it so much more. (laughs) For sure. Like physically and emotionally, it's just like really Mm -hmm. nice to have that support there and have, um, just like have somebody that you can, you know, process your birth with or process whatever, like postpartum emotions are so like all over the place. So just like having Mm -hmm. somebody who can kind of hold that space for you in the early postpartum days and weeks and even months. Um, but then also the physical support, um, it just like is so 
it makes such a difference when somebody is able to just prepare a meal for you or throw a load of laundry in. Like it seems like small things, but they, those small things like really add up and it, it's just so significant when you're in those early postpartum days. Yep. Yeah. No, that stuff is definitely priceless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially when, you know, like, you know, having more than one child. Yeah. And like, ugh, it's so hard for us to just sit and rest and heal right. because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we have our other kids and we have the housework and all yeah. of that stuff to be able to have somebody step in and help even with, yeah, just even mm-hmm. a load of laundry or whatever. It's like, ugh, that's just priceless. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And I think that impacts yeah, your breastfeeding journey so much too when you're like oh, just yeah. so stressed out. You're not going to be able to, first of all, you're not going to be able to recover physically. And second of all, you're not going to be able mm-hmm. to um, provide nourishment for your baby. Um, so I really think yeah. like, I don't know. I mean, obviously we're both birth nerds. We could talk for a long time about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the postpartum care that we receive in this yeah. country. But um, yeah, I just think like even if you are not a postpartum doula, if you're just a friend and you you yeah. have a friend who's had a baby, like just don't even ask what you can do. Just bring them a meal or come over and, mm-hmm. you know, ask if you can come over. But just like when you do, throw in a load of laundry or do the dishes or, you know, just provide child care for the older siblings. It's, it's so like helpful when, when people do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, um, one thing I like to always end end with is um, asking if you could give a piece of advice to um, a first time mom preparing for for her first birth. What is something that you would want to tell her as like a must have you know piece of advice that um, you just kind of feel like is invaluable uh, when preparing for birth. I guess I would say, and I kind of already said this earlier, but just like your birth story really does stick with you forever. So like prepare as much as you can for the birth that you hope to have, but then also um, like hold that open-handedly and um, don't, don't dwell on it. I guess if you, if everything doesn't turn out exactly the way that you hoped it would just kind of, um, I mean, I'm a believer, so I, I believe that, of course, in God and that, like, he's able to restore all stories and that he is sovereign over all of our experiences. So um, I would just say, like, really trust him through the process and, um, yeah, try to, like, release some of that control. And that even, like, that goes for birth, but that also goes for postpartum and, like, through the whole first year, like, you're really, um, the whole first year postpartum is really all about, like, (laughs) relenting control and, um learning how to sacrifice for another person. And so really, um, it would just benefit you to learn to trust God, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. in all those processes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So if people want to, I know that you are part-time working in in obviously a specific area, but I know I follow you on Instagram and, I know that like everything you post is so informative and I've like, even learned so much from um, the things that you share oh, on your Instagram. You. So if people want to want to like reach out and, and see, um, follow you, I guess, yeah. um, how could they do that? 
Yeah. So my Instagram page is Yasashi postpartum and Yasashi means gentle or kind in Japanese. So that's where that name comes from. If you were curious, um, <laughs> but it's spelled Y A S A S H I I postpartum. Um, and then my website is also Yasashi postpartum.com. If you want to find me there. Perfect. And I'll, <laughs> yeah. And I'll um, put that information in the show notes so that people can don't have to rewind this six yeah. times to, <laughs> to learn how to spell it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, so I'll put that information um, there so people can easily get linked linked up with you and see awesome. all your beautiful posts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so so do you have anything else you want to share or do you feel like like you are ready to wrap it up? I think that's pretty much it that I have. Anyway. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. And I love that you, you know, you had a tough second birth, but you're able to, um, be so positive about it and still so encouraging, um, towards other moms to like pursue, you know, whether it's home birth or, you know, just positive birth, no matter what environment they choose. Um, that you're still able to, you know, encourage people in that because, I know sometimes when we go through trauma, it's like, you know, you can dwell on that fear and kind of hold on to it and mm-hmm. then project it on others. And right. so it's so beautiful when, you know, we can go through those things and then learn and heal and grow from them and still like encourage other moms to like, yeah. nope, you could go for it. Like just because it happened to me, like you said, you know, transfers are so rare, mm-hmm. like they, you know, rarely happen. Yeah. Um, and just because it happened to you doesn't mean that it would even happen again or yeah, for you sure. know, doesn't mean it will happen to somebody else. So. Yeah. I think yeah, it's important to so share like the hard, hard stories too, because one in four women do have a birth that they would consider to be traumatic or that they would classify as traumatic. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And I think a lot of times their stories don't get told because people, you know, want to accuse them of fear mongering or like, we don't want to hear your, mm-hmm. your hard traumatic birth stories. Like it's, you know, I think it's good to, to tell them still, but just not in a way that is attempting to instill fear on other people. Of course, I would never intend to do that. Um, and yeah, like you said, it's, you know, my birth story is not your birth story. And, um, so just because it happened to me doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. And Mm -hmm. it is a a very small percentage. Like I would still totally advocate for home birth or, or natural birth or whatever. Um, so Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, Man, I was really blessed by what you had to share. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I loved coming on. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you were encouraged in some way through this story. As a reminder, please rate and review our podcast, and you can connect with us on social media at Birth Journeys Podcast. For more information or to share your own story, please visit birthjourneyspodcast.com and fill out the brief questionnaire. See you next time.